Kevin, we're only a few days removed from what, in many people's eyes, is the segment of the year. LA Night, The Miz, one-on-one, in the ring. This was explosive. This was intense. Miz was beat red in the face. LA Knight was saying, yeah, talking about being a thoroughbred racehorse. Kevin, everyone wants your opinion. Your oh infamous, your stances on The Miz. You've made some scandalous takes in previous years and episodes about how The Miz hasn't had a good segment besides the Talking Smack promo in 15 years. Kevin, I'm going to right away kick off a late heat by passing to you, pal. What were your honest thoughts on LA Knight and The Miz? Was this segment of the year? All right, so I'm going to say this about this segment. Uh, the content of the segment and the content of the promos and the way they were delivered, I think is a standard, I'd say like an A-minus segment, you know? Very good segment that we'll talk about for years and years to come. Well, some people will talk about for years and years to come. Now, the problem that I have with it lies here. It's the people that are delivering the content in the promos. If this was like LA Knight talking to somebody like Seth Rollins, that'd be a different story. You know, when The Miz is using the verbiage like, I'm the main event. I've been here. I'm the guy. Like, if that's Seth Rollins saying that, okay, cool, fair. You know, you Seth Rollins' main event at WrestleMania is... Seth Rollins has been a top-of-the-card guy his pretty much his entire career in WWE. No problem. When it's coming from The Miz, a guy who is, like, for lack of a better phrase, is a utility player. You know, he's the guy that, you know, WWE, they need somebody to do a, a local news TV appearance in, like, Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay, The Miz will be there, 11 a.m., talking weather and talking WWE Raw with, with the, the weather lady, whatever. The Miz is that guy that, that's going to main event a C-level show like Stomping Grounds or whatever, you, Fast Lane, whatever show you want to insert there. Miz is not, like, a main event guy. So for me, that takes away just a little of that oomph when watching this segment. Because like I said, in wrestling terms, it's really good. Standard A-, minus B+. Plus. It's your standard good segment. Miz has that passion, that fire that people love. And I understand why this promo or this segment is, like, so just... Uh, what's the phrase that people are using? Segment uh, of the year? Beloved, getting such hype, such positive reviews. You understand that, pal? I understand why. I do. It's two guys that Twitter really likes in particular. You know, Twitter really likes The Miz. Twitter really likes LA Knight. So it makes sense that this is being praised. It's just like it's a shoe-in for that segment of the audience. I just don't think that this is not this isn't really the best way to get LA Knight the best reach that you can get like a casual fan for example like so like one of my friends someone that stopped watching wrestling 10 years ago right if I show them hey this is LA Knight this is the next best thing in WWE he's the top selling merch guy here he is watch this segment they're gonna be like wait is that the Miz like what that that's the guy like that's the, the Miz is still around like why like yeah. Why do I care? You know, like I said, if it's Seth Rollins doing it, or if it's a guy like Cody, somebody like that, that's on the other end of, with LA Knight, I think it elevates the segment and it makes it more, uh, more mainstream and more appealing to the to the the casual audience. Yeah, it did feel like a segment that was sort of catered to Twitter. I will say that uh, delivery from both guys, I will say, was quite good. That's the main sort of praise I will say. Both guys. Albeit the content, as you say, it was, especially on the Miz's side, very questionable. The delivery was really good. You know, Miz beat Red in the face. He's yelling. He's, you know, going on about how you strip away, you know, my WrestleMania main event, my double Grand Slam champion status, which is so ridiculous. You strip away the hot wife, pal, who's got a cheap pop. I'm still a hardworking guy, pal. As you made the analogy, the Miz is that guy, Kevin. He shows up to Google day in, day out for 20 years. He's the interim manager, pal. That is the Miz, pal. But more so to the question itself, was the Miz LA Knight segment of the year? No. There have been over a half dozen Roman Reigns bloodline segments that are easily better than this. Off the top of my head, I can think of like three in the last couple of months. You've got the one, the, the Roman 1000 segment that was like 35 minutes. Roman gets the hot master title. And then it's this emotional thing with the Usos. There's that one. There was the 
um tribal court yeah tribal court like the rules of engagement tribal chief segment i mean there was that one there was the one where roman's about to hand the way over and like roman's crying he takes a knee on smackdown msg like all of those are so far clear of this i think of a bunch of cody segments a few of the cody like promos you know to open raw sort of thing just cody generally cutting promos on brock cody and roman wrestlemania season clear this some of the Sami Zayn segments Sami Zayn coming out in Montreal with his old theme song the day before elimination chamber as the whole arena didn't let him speak for 10 minutes that was better than this this segment was a good work shoot style promo Kevin as you know that's going to get the feedback that it's the best thing we've ever seen because work shoot promos go over so well with the segment of the audience but really was it was it the best things in sliced bread not really will this really help LA Knight I mean a few with the Miz sure I, I is that better than him potentially just beating theory and winning the US title maybe I don't know maybe the Miz can get another element out of LA Knight the Miz can cut more I got kicked out of the locker room by an unnamed individual 16 years ago go watch Kevin's video on that the views are spiking I got kicked out of the locker oh room God. so you're you're a thoroughbred horse I have stepping stones in my crutch pal I'm gonna beat you at Clash of Champions, like you know. Oh man, yeah, I want to say that too. Uh, shout out to the Miz for mentioning that that locker room um, story, making my videos just spike in views. So hey, more power to him. He can keep talking about it all he wants. Like the Miz, uh, is, is he the biggest baby face on Twitter on wrestling Twitter right now? I I, I, I don't mean, think I, I think he is. Either him or LA Knight. I mean, as we said, the Miz shows up to work. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, you have to just love him how he shows up. I mean, there, there are people in my work, I'm sure yourself, you can relate to this. There are people who've been there a while, they show up. Are they, you know, exceedingly brilliant and deserving of tons of praise from the online? I mean, not really. They're just, you know, there. But that being said, Kevin, I want to ask you one other thing. You raised this in our Discord. As far as LA Knight, and I guess we sort of discussed this in weeks passing, but when it comes to like taking him seriously and when you're watching this segment you mentioned just before that if you showed someone who's never seen la knight or you show someone being like this is la knight this is the guy who has the hot merch sales this is the one who's getting the reactions this is why you should love him could you take this this la knight performance versus the miz could you translate that into a roman reigns feud into a big main event feud for a big pay-per-view into a big cody rhodes feud a big seth rollins feud do you think this would translate well, well, firstly, Miz said it best when he said that LA Knight is an Attitude Era cosplay guy. I mean, that, now coming from the Miz, a guy who spent his entire career ripping off the rock, I, I don't know if that's the best guy you want out delivering that that promo, that seg, that line, whatever. Um, so what that tells me, at least, that WWE and LA Knight himself is aware of the uh, comparisons to the Rock and Stone Cold, or not even comparisons, the, like borrowing from their work. So, yeah, with that being said, I, I, this version of LA Knight, I could not see as the guy that, let's say, come, I don't know, December 2023, right? You got Rikishi out there. You got Alpha and Sika. You got Paul Heyman. You know, you got, uh, they got pictures of whoever is not with us, Yokozuna and, and uh, uh, who's the murderer? Uh, Jimmy Snuka. You got, you got all those guys out there, right? And they're doing this, like, I don't know what you would call it. This like praise, yeah, celebration of the tribal chief. Three three and a half years celebration, giving Roman Reigns a fourth championship belt. One of the one of these segments, you know, the the um like the the official kicking out of Jimmy Uso from the family, something like that. <laughs> yeah, you got Jimmy and Jay and Solo out there. All the elders, you know, everybody's made up. They're all hugging, made up. The bloodline's back together, and then out comes LA Knight. To interrupt this segment that's gonna draw like 3.5 million people because it's Roman. And LA Knight's just like, uh-uh, not in my ring, Papa. Like, I just I couldn't see that as like a top of the card act. Like the top of the card, like with Roman Reigns. Like, yeah, LA Knight is a great talent and he's fun to watch in promos and he's entertaining and all that. But it, it is the Miz right? You know, is The Miz going to be right, I should say? Are people in five months not going to care? I think The Miz watches Elite Heat, because I feel like I've said this already on this show, that nobody's really going to care about LA Knight in five to six months. Like, that's the question I have. 
And the Miz has that same question. So if the Miz is asking that, there's some truth to that. Like, not all of that is, like, storyline, you know? So I, I don't know. Yeah, can you imagine? Yeah, LA Knight comes down once again. It's been this, like, 20-minute emotional segment. Heyman's sobbing. He's hugging Arthur. Rikishi's there. He's, like, he's angrily scolding Jey Uso. They're, they're officially going to kick both the Usos out of the family. They're going to disown the Usos. This is after like a, le- a legendary four-month Uso versus Uso storyline. They're going to get them out of the family. Roman scolded them for like eight straight minutes. Some of the most scathing content you'll ever see. Real, deep, personal Samoan hatred. And then you hear, LA Knight comes out. He's, he's on the, yeah, he's like, yeah. And he, he got, gets in the ring. He's like, sticks and stones, but that necklace is made of bones. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, Roman Reigns, I'm a thoroughbred racehorse. I was going parallel to you in WWE, but I was in the indies. But now I'm not, pound. Now I'm here. Say yeah. Yeah. And now I'm going to beat you for that title. Say yeah. Yeah. And then he walks out and it's like, oh my God, what? Okay, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, Kevin, point being, see where it goes. Uh, you know, the, the segment itself, because that's all we, we have seen so far with this Miz and LA Knight thing, this is going to lead to a several month long storyline. Hopefully not. Hopefully it's just like a one month little feud and then it's over. Uh, the Miz can go back to catering and go back to the main event, as he called it, pal. Like that was, I once, can I just touch on that again? Yeah. That was so weird. The Miz is like, oh, I'm the main event. I'm like, main event of what? Like the 70 minute mark of Raw? Like, what do you, what do you main event, Miz? You don't main event pay-per-views. You don't main event Raw. You main evented that like 11 years ago and everyone hated that because it was bad. Like, what do you main event, Mike? Do you, do you main event Miz and Misses at the 11.30 p.m. point on the USA Network once everyone's fallen asleep watching Raw and it's on the afterflow and so that show gets ratings because people fell asleep watching Raw? Is that what you main event, Miz? I don't know. But that being said, Kevin, over to you. Any more ruthless thoughts on this or can we move on, pal? So the last thing I want to say about this is that I, I assume that my I'm assuming an assumption here by WWE in the creative direction is that this segment and segments like this that we'll see, I assume, for the next few weeks with The Miz, where The Miz is really going at LA Knight, it's designed to elevate LA Knight, to get him to cut more serious promos, to get him to be taken more serious. But the problem, again, lies within the fact that it's The Miz doing this stuff. That That's the problem with it all. Like, when, when Cena is, like, cutting Roman Reigns to shreds uh, leading up to No Mercy 2017, Cena's out there trying to get Roman to the next level, trying to get him to cut serious promos, trying to get rid of the, the stench of suffering succotash uh, and Jack and the Beanstalk, ooh, stories. We're trying to get that stench away from him. Miz is trying to get LA Knight away from being a, a cosplayer of Stone Cold and into being LA Knight. But it's the Miz. It, that, that's the problem. That's where it lies. It's... You know, you got a guy out there claiming to be a main eventer who's... What does he do? He doesn't do anything. He, he hasn't been a main eventer in 13 years? Since, like, late 2010, early 2011? That was the last time The Miz was a main eventer? Yeah. So I'll, I'll leave it with that. That's all I gotta say. There it goes. Well, well, it's a watch this space. It certainly is. And um, we'll happily lead off shows with this because I think it's an interesting talking point. So we'll, we'll, we'll touch base on this. We'll keep, keep our eyes on it. In weeks to come now kevin i think we're ready to move on to something which this is big kevin this is a guy who lil uzi vert put a song out oh about pal this is shinsuke nakamura pal oh, no. the man the emperor of the kinshasa knee strike yep he seemingly is now gonna be the next in line to take on seth rollins uh interesting um rollins he obviously won at SummerSlam through all these shenanigans it looks like they're not doing Rollins versus Balor again, thankfully. Thank you, JBL. Thank you, JBL. Thank you, Paul Levesque, for thinking of a new fresh matchup at 11.30 p.m. as you're laying in bed with your wife. Thank you. We'll take this. Uh, so, Kevin. Oh, my God. I'll pass to you. Now, this will probably be the payback match. I don't know if it's going to main event. They're probably going to main event with Jimmy versus Jey Uso, it looks like. But this will be the payback World Heavyweight Championship match. Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura, the man who has a little Uzi Vert song named after him. Oh, what are your Kevin. ruthless thoughts, Kevin? What are your honest opinions? When you go to bed at night and you're thinking about Nakamura versus Rollins, what's the first thing you think of, pal? 
Oh, man. Wow. Great question. Um, I'm going to follow that up with a question. I'm going to do a classic bit of mine. So this yep. is going to be a, a title match at Payback. What what is yep. uh what is um Shinsuke Nakamura getting payback on Seth Rollins for or vice versa? Did did Seth Rollins like not shake his hand one day after a match? Was Nakamura not back there clapping for Rollins after one of his Monday Night Rollins matches in 2019 where he tore the house down on Raw? Nakamura gave him the cold shoulder because he was upset that he didn't get TV time. What wait, what is the payback for? That's all I want to know. Is Rollins upset that Nakamura got a song on Lil Uzi Vert's album? Did Lil Uzi Vert hit up Rollins and say, I'm making a song about you called The Curb Stomp, bro? And then he left it off the album? Is uh, is Nakamura mad that Rollins was on sneaker shopping with Complex? What What is the payback here? That's all I want to know. Now, I digress. With that being said, do you want to say anything, pal? Well, Kevin, to quote you, Triple H wrote Nakamura's name on a piece of paper, therefore it's great. <laughs> If Vince McMahon wrote Nakamura's name on a piece of paper, it would be bad, Kevin. Remember that, pal. Well, the execution uh, would also be really bad. We'd have Nakamura making racially insensitive jokes about Seth Rollins. Pal, you have a segment with, like, Rollins visiting Tokyo and, like, insulting people. It would be awful. But yeah. <laughs> nonetheless, pal, I don't even know. I'm, once, once again, I'm happy it's not Finn Balor again. That's just the starters. <laughs> thank, thank you, once again, Triple H, for not putting a guy who's literally my, thank my, you, JBL. my dimensions my physique, my aesthetic in a world heavyweight championship match because I am not a heavyweight. Finn Balor's not a heavyweight. He should be nowhere near a heavyweight championship. He's a featherweight. Anyway, nonetheless, we're getting Nakamura. So once again, fresh matchup. But as you say, what are we going to do for the story? Was Nakamura hard done by? Did he deserve better four years ago when Vince McMahon was putting together the Stomping Grounds 2019 card and he said Nakamura is going to be on the kickoff show, and Rollins is going to be main eventing with Becky Lynch and Baron Corbin. Is that what is that what happened? It, it was <laughs> Rollins hard done by in 2018 because his IC title match was made to open WrestleMania 34 versus Balor and Miz, whereas Nakamura's WWE Championship low blow nutshot match against AJ Styles was later in the show. Is, is that what it waste to be seen? Uh, I guess they're pushing Nakamura because he has a song. It can't be because of anything he's done in WWE TV in the last two or three years because maybe I'm forgetting something. I can't tell you what Nakamura's done in WWE TV. I don't know. He's just Has he done anything? Am I, am I having a, a Jimmy the Elitist brain fade here? Has Nakamura been doing some legendary content? I'm just, like, forgetting it. I'm being dismissive. Like, what's Nakamura done? And now he's just he's attacking Rollins to close Raw. Raw's are finishing with Nakamura strutting up the aisle away with the, the shot being like Cody in the background looking at Rollins' lifeless body. Like, I guess that's how Raw's end now. Okay, sure. And pa- 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 Raw was fantastic, pal. Also, that's the other thing, I guess. I mean, Raw was fine. It wasn't as bad as the Raw after Mania, but fantastic? Really? If, if Vince McMahon wrote that same show, you'd be saying it was not good or bad. So can we, can we keep uh, some consistency, please? But nonetheless, Kevin, your thoughts. I, I just said a lot there. You did. Any opinions, pal? Any any breakdown for us? Yes, yes. So let, let's be fair to this match for a moment. Nakamura is a great hand. Seth Rollins is a great hand. To my knowledge, I don't think these guys have wrestled for a good amount of time or had a significant match in their time in WWE. I'm sure they had like a, a Intercontinental title match on TV like three years ago or something, but I don't remember it. So, um, a point that you brought up earlier that I want to elaborate on is the fact that in the Vince era, we would have gotten, you know, Seth Rollins versus Fergie until we couldn't take it anymore. Until, like, we were like, we were like Undertaker in the guillotine, just tapping out. We just, you know, Brock Lesnar's choking the life out of us. And we was like, we've seen enough of Seth Rollins and Fergie. I'm over it. You know, that, that'd be the Vince era. They would literally have a match. Um, they'd have this, the Money in the Bank match, SummerSlam. Then they'd have Payback. Then they'd have a match at Saudi Arabia. And we'd be like, please, for the love of God, no more Seth Rollins and Fergie. So I'm happy for something different. Um, I like Nakamura. I've always been a Nakamura fan. WWE, uh, I would say they haven't used him properly. I think they could get more out of him. And this is an opportunity here for maybe a rebirth of Nakamura. Maybe we'll see a good match, which I, I think we will. Uh, I, I have no no real complaints about this, aside from... A logical standpoint like why this is going to be happening at payback i guess seth rollins is going to get payback on nakamura because nakamura kicked him to to close raw but we didn't know they were buddies before that you know so i don't know 
it's it's interesting, but it doesn't really need to have a story behind it. We we just got to get to the ring. It's going to be a good match. Could be the best title defense of the Seth Rollins World Heavyweight Title era. Maybe. Well, as long as there's not like 45 interferences and a Money in the Bank briefcase bouncing around like there was at SummerSlam, pal. I watched that last five minutes back of the Rollins and Balor match, and I nearly got a headache watching the Money in the Bank briefcase. Just like, it's rolled out, it's rolled in, it's rolled out, it's rolled in, it's rolled out, it's rolled in. Priest has it, Balor has it, Dom has it, Dirty Dom, pal, Rhea. And like, it was just, it was like a pinball machine with the Money in the Bank briefcase. It was weird. But anyway, Kevin, yeah. I mean, the match will be good. I guess that's all people care about. I don't know. I just, I just saw Nakamura run down and he's involved at the end of the Raw, pal. And so, like, oh, okay, cool. I guess I haven't seen him really in the last few months. Sure. There you Whatever. go. Yeah. Um, there you have it, pal. Do you want to move on to the next intense topic on our show? I'd love to. Kevin, I'll just throw this straight to you. Uh, women's wrestling, Triple H, talk to us. Ooh. Ooh. All right. So Triple H addressed the state of women's wrestling at the SummerSlam post-show press conference, or as uh, AEW calls it, a media scrum. <laughs> so he had Triple H out there. You know, he's he's sitting there in a suit. He's looking jacked. He's answering questions. And a nice young lady, a nice young reporter, asked him a question about female talent in WWE. And essentially, she asked him... Um, in a roundabout way, she asked him if at any point in time has WWE just given main events to women because they're women and yes. they want to push an agenda, essentially. Yes. And Triple H's response was, well, I see women as women. I see, I see them as, not women, I see women as talent. I don't see men and women as separate. I just see them all as talent. If a woman's good and the match is good, we're going to put it on as the main event. That's basically what he said. Now, why this is interesting and why we're talking about this is because of the controversy of the Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus match being scraped off the SummerSlam 2023 card. So, you know, we had a, a Mike's Harder segment. You know, we had a 20-minute triple threat match. We had yep. a, an opening match that didn't need to be 20 minutes. Yes. Uh, they could have shaved 10 minutes off of Roman and, and Jimmy Uso, Roman and Jay yep. Uso. And then we could have got a nice, you know, 11 minutes for Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch. Yeah, just right there. I'm just saying. I, I, but I digress. So this really brings me to a, a point where, with the women's division, where things are not changing. You know, that's the thing. The women they get good spots on TV. They have stars. They have Bianca. They have Becky. They have Rhea Ripley. But there's not a real focus on them, on the talent, on building challengers. They've got the, the pillars. They've got no challengers for them. They're trying to build Raquel Gonzalez into a challenger for Rhea Ripley, who... Rhea Ripley, did she wrestle? I know she didn't wrestle on SummerSlam. Did she wrestle at Night of Champions? I don't think she did. So Rhea Ripley is the women's champion and hasn't defended the belt in quite a while on, PL, on a PLE. Hmm. And this is kind of the, the theme, where it's just like, with the women's division, it just feels like it's not important. And it's been like that for a long time. Probably since like 2019-ish. No, maybe after like like after the dust settled with the Be- with Becky and her being a main eventer, maybe like when around the time when she got pregnant. So since the pandemic, the women's division has felt like an afterthought. What, what do you think? Oh, it, it's a, it's a weird one. I mean, yes, no. It's very dependent on one who we're talking about and where you think they should be booked on the show. Because to me, you know, I, I get the the angle that. You know, Rhea Ripley's had what, one title defense in the last three, four months, maybe two, but really one that we've seen and I can remember that was backlash against uh, Zelina Vega. And that she was never going to lose that. That was always obvious. Then you've got like the Charlotte Flair portion of the card where whatever she's involved in, where it's like, oh, Charlotte's the queen, pal. Oh, Bianca Belair's there. Cool. Oh, it's Oscar, pal. She has missed. You know, and, you know, Becky Lynch, who is probably the best like all-round talent in women's wrestling as far as promos, in-ring presentation. But, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know. It's an interesting question as far as, uh, you know, are they just, you know, treated equally as, as it should be? It should be all about equality, but I guess that doesn't fully favour women, so I guess that's sexist. I don't know. Uh, it's a fine sort of line. So Triple H's answer in that press conference is basically everyone's equal, they're all talents. We, you know, try and display our talents the best we can. There you go. And then the sort of response was, 
women and certain portions, not, not everyone, obviously, certain, certain portions are always like, women need to be pushed more. And it's like, well, I mean, okay, fair. But isn't that misandry against men? Aren't there some men who need to be pushed more? Like, it, it depends. It's interesting. So I look at what you say there, and I agree, Kevin. I do. I, I did that whole bit during the SummerSlam review. I shaved like an hour and a half off SummerSlam just by cutting off 15 minutes off matches that didn't need to go 30 minutes, by chopping off matches that didn't need to be there. Mike's hardest segments of the Alpha Academy and the Miz being put in a box. The main event Miz being put in a box in the Alpha Academy commercial segment. Sure. Like, you know, then you look at the structure of the show and it's like, yeah, I get it. But I don't know. To me, Kevin, I'll say this and feel free to disagree. I think the women's division, it's it sort of found like a, I guess I'll call it a holding pattern. It's not being accelerated like it was, but it's not just like crap like it was 11 years ago. It's sort of just in a holding pattern. It's just sort of there. It's, you know, they'll have the Becky and Trish segment. Becky will be drinking lemonade at ringside, pal, on commentary. They'll have, you know, an Oscar segment with Bianca Belair on, on a SmackDown. They'll have Rhea Ripley there with the Judgment Day. They'll have Raquel and Liv Morgan having their match, you know, in the, the two-hour point of Raw. But really, mm-hmm. there's not much else there. Yeah. It's sort of just like that's that's it is what you get, really. So, yeah, is it sort of stagnant? Yes. Is it sort of just there now? Yes. Is Triple H a, an evil person because he views people equally? He shouldn't be seen that way. I think. Of all criticisms we can have a triple H, that's not one of them. So there you go, pal. There it is. There it is, pal. Yeah. Yeah. Anything I mean, else on that, pal, or are you gonna leave it there? Yeah. The only <laughs> thing I want to say real quick is this: when it comes to like this uh, Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus thing being cut from the show, is that the end of the world? Like, I don't know. I don't know if it's that big of a deal. They're gonna wrestle at Payback, which is still an important show. Like, you can't have every match on SummerSlam. You know, the the, the tag team champions weren't even on there. Also, I'll sorry, I'll further on that. Just double down on your point, pal. They picked the wrong women's match to be on SummerSlam. I mean, Ronda and Shayna killed the momentum of that show. And we'll transition into just one more SummerSlam topic in a minute. But that Ronda Shayna match, when I reflect on SummerSlam, that destroyed the flow of that event. Like that match single handedly made it from the show's going along well, fun opener, enjoyable Brock and Cody match, LA Night Battle Royal. And it's like, oh my God, what's this crap? This, this festering turd we're watching where they're like, they're fake wrestling, but it's supposed to be real, but it's not actually real because it's not MMA officially, but it's not sanctioned, but apparently it is sanctioned. And there was a knee strike, pal, and Ronda couldn't break the Kira Fuda, pal. Like, and then that killed the momentum of the show. So to double down there, yeah, Becky and Trish should have been on SummerSlam instead of, um, what's the name? Shayna Baszler, why Triple H is going to give a, a year-long women's title run to Ronda Rousey, whoever I was sick of three years ago. So there you go, pal. There it is. Yeah. So let, let's uh, let's transition into SummerSlam 2023. So I'll ask you this. Yep. How, in your mind, Mr. Jimmy, how yep. will SummerSlam 2023 be remembered in, say, five years? It's hard because SummerSlam 2020, as we discussed in the review and as you broke down really well, it, it's a strange sort of show. Like there was nothing that was like five-star exceedingly great. I mean, there was one sort of bad match with the Ronda and Shayna match, but there was a lot of matches that were good, pretty good, but had flaws. Either went on five minutes too long, the ending wasn't great, it was messy, it was like the fourth time, third, fourth time they've wrestled. Or in the case of Roman Reigns and Jey Uso, it's a 36-minute match where everyone and their mother knows Jey Uso is not going to win because the titles are involved. So it was like, oh, okay, well, it's sort of flat. And so when it comes to how the show is going to be remembered, I'm not going to remember it overly fondly, personally. Like, it's not going to be a SummerSlam I look back on and think, yes, that was an awesome show I want to go watch back. I view 2021 as better than that. I view 2013 as better. I view 2015 as better. And that's just in recent times. That's not mentioning 2002. That's not mentioning 1992. It's not mentioning any of the shows, 1998, like these other SummerSlams. So, I don't know. It, It falls like midway to kind of just generally middle of the pack, middle of the rung SummerSlam. You gave it a five and a half. I gave it a six. I, you know, I don't reflect on it overly like that fondly just because of the book, how it was booked personally. Uh, so that's just me, Kevin. Now for you, four days in the rearview mirror, you're sitting there, you're at work, you're on break, you're sitting there, you've had your little long sizing about wrestling power. You're thinking, how do I remember that show? 
how would you remember it, pal? Well, you see, here's the thing, pal. I'm going to look back and, and I'm going to be thinking about that while I'm having my lunch. I'm yep. thinking about SummerSlam 2023. Yep. And I, I right now, like even at this moment, I'm struggling to remember all the matches that were on that show, just off the top of my head, you know? Um, I don't so know. Forgettable. Forgettable. Yeah, it's forgettable. Yeah. It, it's one of those shows that it just... Not every SummerSlam is going to be a banger. Not every pay-per-view, not every PLE that Triple H puts out is going to be a banger. Um, but, I mean, it was still solid, like average. It was average. You know, it was fine. Not the worst piece of wrestling you could ever watch. It, it's not like SummerSlam 2010. You know, it's not just the, the absolute bottom of the barrel from a creative standpoint. But it's not a, a high point uh, of the pay-per-view. And when you think about it, it got me thinking about long-term or in the general scope of things. SummerSlam seems to not be a show that really lives up to its moniker. There's not a lot of great, like, S-tier SummerSlams. There's O2. Maybe 2013 is S-tier. You know, maybe 98, 94, maybe. I don't know. It it just seems like we've had 28, right, 27, whatever, however long SummerSlam's been around now. No, not 28, 30, like 35 years of SummerSlam, whatever it's been. It's been around just as long as WrestleMania, if not longer. And there's at least like seven or eight S-tier WrestleManias. I don't think there's that many S-tier SummerSlams. So I don't know what it is about this show or why WWE can't deliver on it. But this one, um, I just think for me, it was too many rematches. That that just kind of killed it. Um, the Ronda Rousey, Shayna thing killed the whole crowd. Like the crowd was just on their sitting on their hands after that Ronda and Shayna match. And I, I listened to a podcast, a wrestling podcast. I won't say the name, but they gave this show an A minus. And I was listening to their review, and I'm listening to them give this show an A minus. And I was thinking, like, what about this show is an A minus? What, what did I not see? And then I was thinking, okay, like I know they're they're big time media uh, production, so they they kind of have to keep a, a favorable relationship with WWE. So you factor that in. Uh, you know, we, we we gave it a five and a half, an eight minus. I assume that's like a nine out of ten. So I like, I don't know if like that media partnership is worth like a four and a half point curve, you know, on this show. Like I'm not sure. I I must have missed something because I I don't know. I didn't see that show as an A minus. I, I I could see it as like a C plus. If you want to, you want to give it a B minus. Sure, I won't argue, but I can't see it much higher than that. Well, I rate the show is based on feel. Especially like when you're watching it, some shows, even this like this year, this Triple H era, Elimination Chamber, WrestleMania 39, Night One, especially Backlash, those are sort of the big examples I can think of where you're watching the show and it, it you know, not that you know, you think, oh my god, it's, it's just not going to end. You're thinking to yourself, like, once you get three, four hours in and it's about to end, you're like, wow, I really enjoyed myself. That was really, you know, this happened, this happened, this happened, this big main event, this happened. The SummerSlam, probably because of the rematches as well, was sort of like, okay, yeah, I mean, Rollins retained. He was always going, to, oh, yeah, Cody and Brock for the third time. Cool. You know, Logan and Ricochet had a 20-minute match with a weird ending. Okay. You know, oh, okay, the main event, awfully predictable. That One one quick thing on that, that would have been so much better if Roman wasn't champion. Jey Uso was never going to win the belt. So it was like, okay, well, Roman's going to win in the end, and they're going to go 36 minutes. So, Okay. That, that's sort of how I view it. And then the feel of all that combined together, Kevin, just makes the show feel just like a drag, which that's how SummerSlam felt to me. I didn't watch it at 11 p.m. like you did live. That must have been just like, I can see why you gave it five, five and a half. You know, it's just, just the drag. And it's, it is interesting you mentioned the, I guess, the media relationships of some podcasts who will give that event eight, eight and a half, nine out of 10. Just because I guess one Triple H wrote it, two you want to seem like Double Bure and you 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 pro Double Bure or pro you're really super supportive of everything they do, but that just becomes dishonest. We saw this in the AW honeymoon phase from 2019 to 2022, where they could do no wrong. You couldn't say anything was even okay. Had everything had to be good to great. You couldn't even pick a hole in anything without being attacked. We both know that very well, you know. And is something similar to an effect happening with this Triple H era? where you even criticize anything, you can't criticize it. Anything that's bad is Vince McMahon's fault. But anything that's good is Triple H's responsibility. It's all Triple H is doing. 
like okay cool i don't know i don't know yeah but yeah well with that being said you mentioned AEW in the honeymoon phase so i'll ask you now at this current moment it is august 9th 2023 what catches your your eye from AEW? I mean, CM Punk, what he's doing is really good. Um, I must give that a shout out. Uh, I know there's a couple of other things that are happening, most namely MJF Powell being like a baby face, which is a bit weird with Adam Cole. But really, one thing about Punk, when I watch those segments, it's a lot of what we really did sort of want, you know, when, when he would come back. Like he's having a really engaging feud with Ricky Starks. Yeah. There's a bit of meat on the bone there. Starks actually beaten him a couple of times. It actually feels more important than the ones last year where it was like, Darby Allen, I like you because you wear face paint. Let's have a match. Like last, you know, two years ago. Now it feels like there's more meat on the bone. They Ricky Steamboat back involved. Collision has more of an identity. Feels like the CM Punk show. So uh, just that sort of thing catches my eye. That's the thing I'm watching. When Collision happens, when Dynamite happens, when they're building to all in, all out, what Punk's doing is capturing my eye, capturing my attention. And some of Ricky Starks being that is good. And then I'll pass to you, Kevin, MJF and Cole. I want your opinion on that because that's, you know, in many ways, the other big thing that's happening, the other notable talking point in AW. How do you feel they've done with that? Where are you at with MJF and Cole, pal? I feel like they've done an excellent job with it. I feel like that act is carrying AEW right now on its, like, on its back, in all honesty. Uh, they've been playing this, like, buddy cop thing. Uh, they're going to wrestle each other at, at uh, All In in Wembley Stadium. The segments are highly entertaining. You know, I, I can't take anything away from it. They're drawing the highest numbers in terms of ratings. They're selling the most merch. It's the hottest thing going right now. It, it could be like their version of the Bloodline if they just let it play out, maybe add some more layers to it. I don't know. It's interesting. I, I saw a note too that last Wednesday, um, not this past Wednesday, but last Wednesday, the Elite actually lost like 150,000 viewers. <laughs> when they came on after uh, MJF and Adam Cole. So that's fascinating. I wonder if Tony Khan's like crunching numbers and he's like, hmm, hmm. I just re-signed these guys like lucrative contracts and they're costing me viewers. Hmm. Probably not though, but go ahead. Was, and just on that, I'll let you go on with that. It's now 2023. We're going into 2024. Has the, like, the elites run in AW? I mean, obviously they've been re-signed, so I'm not saying they're going to leave or anything like that, but has it run its course in the terms of fan investment? Like, they, they clearly need to do something fresh to revitalize the Bucks, Omega, I mean, I guess Pace to an extent, but mainly the Bucks and Omega, the, the EBPs. It's now going into 2024. They need they need to spice them up, would you agree? Like, yeah. we're now, you know, like 2019, it was like, oh my God, Jericho and the Elite and Cody, oh my God. And then 2021, like in 20, late 2020, half of 2021, it was like, oh my God, Omega's got like eight belts, the elite, Don Callis is 69ing, Omega in the ring. Oh my God, it's Chris Daniels and Kazarian, pal. Like they were, they were everywhere. They were like the main thing on Dynamite. And now, yeah, ratings are just dropping when they come on. It's like, uh, cool. And part of that, yes, is MJF and Cole's success. That's doing well. But you look at the elite as the act and go, well, what are they offering us? What are they bringing to the show? Punk and Starks and Collision, that's that's its own thing. MJF, Cole, that's its own big thing. It's doing good merch, good numbers, but the elite. Yeah. Pal, it's college football season coming up, so I don't know uh, what that's going to do for Collision's bottom line and their interests. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But I don't want to bury Collision's ratings. No need to do that. They were going up against SummerSlam, so that was just... Uh, they didn't have a puncher's chance in the game at all in that one. So one more thing on SummerSlam. You touched on this before. I want to double down on it. We did that 2010 to 2019 SummerSlam podcast about a month ago. And we discussed a lot of, I mean, this. But really, you look at SummerSlam. And yeah, WrestleMania is WrestleMania. It's the show of WWE. It's the big, you know, it's the Super Bowl of wrestling. It's this big production. Two nights. Huge thing. The Royal Rumble is the Royal Rumble. It's just, it, it has such hype to it because of the nature of the unpredictability. Who's going to return? Who's going to win? How are they going to book the matches? Usually the cards are more interesting. They're like four or five matches. It's like all killer, no filler. SummerSlam now, it's to me at least, and I'll get your opinion, it's sort of going more towards the Survivor Series route 
in the, you know, it's obviously the big four pay-per-view. It's always going to have that history, that tradition, but it's not on that WrestleMania or Royal Rumble interest level anymore. And it really hasn't been for a number of years. I mean, 2021 excluded because 2021 had a big SummerSlam. For the most part, it just feels like SummerSlam is a more spiced up version of just a monthly pay-per-view. You know, they might be done in a bigger stadium, but there's nothing really that fresh we're getting as far as matchups. We don't really get legendary matches there much. I mean, Brock had a tractor. That was cool. Cena and Roman was cool in 2021. Roman returned. It has, it has its like moment each year, generally. But there's, it's not like the Royal Rumble. It's not on the level of WrestleMania anymore. It's more towards Survivor Series, Money in the Bank. They're all sort of in that group, would you say? Yeah, I would say, yeah. It just gets hyped, hyped up as this big show because it just, it's been that. Just the marketing machine has been behind it. But it usually doesn't yeah. deliver on that, that sort of uh, that marketing. Well, it's like LeBron on the Lakers. It's like, you know, oh, it's, it's going to deliver. It's LeBron. It's LeBron. It's like, yeah, but it's not 2018 anymore. It's not 20, you know, 2009. It's not the same. Like, yes, it's, it's LeBron James, but it's, it's in year 2020. It's near 21. It's year 20. It's not the same product. You, you can't bank on it being as good as it used to be. And that's SummerSlam. That's SummerSlam 2023. It's a, it's a great, it's, it's, it's SummerSlam Powers, the biggest party of the summer. But I mean, Kevin, if I had to, you know, we're calling SummerSlam the biggest party of the summer. That's like a party where it starts off good for the first hour, hour and a half, like it did this year. Then someone collapses drunk and the ambulance gets called when ah, the Ronda Shana match geez. comes in. And then it just kills the rest of the night. That's how, that, that, that's the biggest party of this summer, Kevin. So. There you go. So, Kevin, SmackDown's now in the books. Um, I'm dressed a bit differently. You're dressed a bit differently. You've got a nice background for all our YouTube viewers. A few things that happened on SmackDown. Uh, Was it the most all-timer legendary SmackDown? Not really, but there's some stuff to talk about for our show. So, Kevin, I'm just going to hit straight to you. Last week and the last couple of shows, you've been praying to the wrestling god JBL. Your, your prayers, the theory to lose the title. You've been begging, praying. It's happened. Kevin, Rey Mysterio, your goat, one of them, is the US champion now. Thoughts? Well, I prayed to JBL. Thank you, JBL, for answering my prayers. I prayed to JBL last week that LA Knight would win the US title. But hey, I'll take it. As long as uh, Rey Mysterio is US champion, you know, that just means that Austin Theory is not the champion anymore. It's, it's over. Thank you, JBL taking that championship off of Austin Theory. My, my question here is now, this is really the big headline-grabbing question here. Is the United States Championship going to be defended on pay-per-views now going forward? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Because, Kevin, as we know, Theory held that championship. Actually, let's do a, a bit here, Kevin. Guess how long Theory's US title run was. Whether you want to guess days, months, off the top of your head, how long did Theory hold this title? Just, I'll I, say like I'll say like just under three hundred days, like two hundred and seventy-five days, something like that. Basically, and the final number is two hundred and fifty-eight days. So it's basically nine months. Nine months he held this championship, which is egregious, as you would say. Theory is now not the champion anymore. Hallelujah! Uh, Thank you, JBL. Now we bashed Theory enough. We buried him in previous weeks. This is more about Ray. First off. Hats off to Rey Mysterio. This is one of the greatest of all time. As far as a universally beloved wrestler, you'd never hear anything bad about Rey Mysterio outside of the fact that he beats his kids. Uh, besides that, that's a storyline. That's a storyline, allegedly. Uh, so outside of that, pal, going forward, the US Championship, will we defend on pay-per-view to answer the question? I hope so. I hope so, because why not, pal? This championship is being held by a legend like Rey Mysterio. You're trying to make it feel important. Rey Mysterio, he can have a feud with maybe Santos Escobar. They can do something there. Maybe LA Knight versus Rey Mysterio, potentially, for like a one-off match for a face versus face. I don't know. Rey Mysterio, maybe Dom comes after the title again as like a one-off match. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe he can wrestle some other- Grayson Waller. They're doing the Waller effect, the that segment next week with Rey Mysterio and Grayson Waller. So... There's a number of guys who can wrestle Ray for it. It's infinitely more interesting because Theory's not the champion. That's the sort of main takeaway from tonight, Kevin. Thank God Theory's not the champion, pal. Hallelujah. Thank you, JBL Wrestling God. So what does that tell us for, like, well, when when is LA Knight getting his title opportunity? Is that, like, next month? Is that a payback? 
Is that, well, is it, I don't know. As we discussed a bit before, he's facing the Miz now. I guess they're doing a Miz feud. I, I thought the so, Slim, I thought the Slim Jim Battle Royal was for the U.S. title opportunity. No, no, not that I was aware of. It was just sort of a Slim Jim Mate Stick Battle Royal, as you described it. I don't know where I saw some... that then. I, guess, I, I don't know. I saw somebody on Twitter say for a U.S. title opportunity. Never mind. Regardless, forget that. So LA Knight is going to face the Miz. That's not important. Yes. So now Rey yes. Mysterio is U.S. champion. That's what we're looking at. I mean, it's a legend like Rey Mysterio, as you said. You would think a guy like Rey Mysterio could at least be on the payback card. You know, we get a rematch, particularly. Rey Mysterio versus Austin Theory. I, I wouldn't be against watching that match. I'd rather see Rey Mysterio face literally anybody else on the roster. Like, I'd rather see him face you at this point. Just have you go out there. And we'll just have Rey Mysterio versus JTE in a legitimate shoot fight in the middle of payback to, to kill the crowd worse than Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler did in Detroit at SummerSlam. I, I'd rather see that at this point than see Austin implying, Theory have a wrestling crowd getting reactions of Shayna Baszler. Can we, can we pump the brakes for a second? You've implied I'm like Shayna Baszler. You know I'd be more like Grayson Waller if you need a comparison. How dare you, Kevin, imply I'd get reactions like Ronda and Shayna Baszler. Then I come out there, JTE, I do my entrance, and the whole crowd, Kevin, would do this. Let's stand up, like get their hands, and sit on their hands and not react. Are you implying that, Kevin? How dare you? Next question. Next question. That's that's ridiculous. Well, they wouldn't know who you are. You know, like if you if we just, if we just plucked you right now and uh-huh. put you in the beginning of September on the payback card, everybody would be like, wait, who is this JTE guy? What did he do? What dues did he pay? What five-star matches did he have on the indies? That's what every single casual fan in the audience would be asking. Kevin, it's wrestling. I'll insult the local sports team and tell the crowd to shut up and I'll get an easy reaction, pal. (laughs) Anyway, with with that being said, Kevin, let's segue Mm -hmm. into what... I mean, I would say most of us are here for. I think most of us are really here for LA Night and The Miz from earlier on the show. But the other big topic, the other big talking point, Kevin... Roman Reigns, Joseph Anawai, the undisputed, universal, unheralded, unclaimed, whatever champion. Gold mustard. Hot gold mustard, dirty, spewy mustard, belt champion, whatever. Roman Reigns, a thousand plus days in his run, stat padding. He came out to address the bloodline, Kevin. Joe Anawai addressed the state of his dysfunctional Samoan family. Jimmy Uso got involved. Jay Uso got involved. Solo Sokoa was there. Heyman was there. Kevin, I'm going to pass this right to you, pal. What were your honest thoughts? Has Jay Uso quit WWE, pal? I was so confused during this whole segment. that This is what I think happened. I'm just going to say this. I think that WWE, particularly maybe Triple H, was looking at the internet's reaction to the SummerSlam ending and was seeing everybody complain like, oh, so we're just going to have Jimmy come out there and be jealous that Jay challenged for the championship, and he didn't. So they, I think that was the original plan, and they just rewrote this, like, on the fly. To just, like, to not do that. That's what it seemed like. Like, this doesn't make any sense. I don't know if I'm the only one that thinks this. This segment didn't make a ton of sense. Like, Roman's out there doing the acknowledge me stuff. And he's like, Paul, where's Jimmy? And then Jimmy just, like, magically appears at ringside. And he's staring at Roman. And then it's like, okay, cool. Jimmy's here. So Jimmy gets in the ring. He's yelling at Roman. I didn't do that for you. I did it for me. And then out comes Jay. Big woo. Big baby face reaction. And then they're like, they're talking and they're just like, I don't know. It was weird. Like Jimmy's like, I did it for you to protect you. I didn't want you to become like him. Mm. To become like the tribal chief. That does not seem like a good enough reason to have Jimmy interfere in this match. I don't know. There's too much going on. Like, we're kind of... I don't know how Wrestling Gifts described it in his video. I can't remember the exact word he used. But, it, like, basically what they're doing is they're just doing a swerve for the sake of a swerve, an extra layer to yeah. the story for the sake of an extra layer. I can't remember the word, but yeah. that's what it seems like here. And now I don't know if I'm all that interested in watching Jay versus Jimmy going forward. I don't know. I mean, it's just one segment. They could grab me back, but that's my instant thoughts on it right now. No, I understand that. And I, I think what you're implying, what I deduce from that is WWE, when they throw a, a swerve and a curveball, like once the SummerSlam ending and now this follow-up where now Jay just he's gonna he's gonna like leave, walk out of WWE, yeah. I guess. 
main event Jay is just going to leave. They need to be a little careful. I'm not going to, I'm not implying it's getting down this rabbit hole for a second, but I'm saying you keep throwing random weird curveballs. It's like, why? The more you do that, the more it becomes like the Bray Wyatt storytelling, where it's just sort of like you lose track of what's going on. You're just like, it's a lot of family hysteria and you don't really know the kind of principle. So hopefully they, they keep it making sense going forward. I do like the point you make there about Jimmy Uso costing Jay because he doesn't want him to be, you know, the next tribal chief, the next like head honcho, Samoan asshole who bullies everyone like Roman is. I get it. But like, I mean, Jay could have won the title and then you could have addressed that once he won the title, I guess, you know? Like, shouldn't you have maybe want to help your brother win and then you can make sure he doesn't become like Roman? I, or is it the symbolism of a Samoan necklace, I guess, makes him some asshole? I guess. I don't know. Um, whatever. So, uh, yeah, Jay Uso is now officially left WWE, pal. He's off to AEW. We'll see Jay Uso at All In. We'll see Jay Uso at All Out, pal. CM Punk will be 45 minutes into a match against Ricky Starks. And then Jay Uso will come through the crowd. Don't play games with me, Uso. He'll be slap kicking Ricky Starks. Hold on, I got to stop you real quick. Yeah. If, if we have to sit through 45 minutes, and, and you implied that that would be the middle of the match. 45 minutes of CM Punk and Ricky Starks? Oh, my God. All in will definitely not be worth the money. <laughs> but, yeah, no. So, the main takeaway and the main sort of thing I'm getting at there is when you're doing Jay versus Jimmy, maybe what they've done is they've gone, okay, this is probably the greatest tag team of all time or one of them. This is the Mount Rushmore tag team. Do we want to do their breakup match at the end of August at a payback show? That could be part of it as well. Maybe they're, they're like, okay, yeah. we've done the big turn. Do we want to do the match at Payback? Who remembers Payback? Like, Kevin, what are the great Payback moments you can remember in history? Right the, back in the ambulance. The Roman winning the Universal Championship. There's one in front of no one. What else? Um, I think that's oh, it. Like 2014. Oh, CM Punk. Had a CM match. Punk 2013. Yep. In Chicago. Yeah. There you go. Oh, there was the moment where Paul Heyman was like, when the crowd was chanting for Punk and Paul Heyman was like, he's at the Blackhawks game. That was funny. (laughs) That was actually funny. (laughs) Yeah. Like the point being, you know, it's not Survivor Series. It's not Royal Rumble. And it's like, these are the two greatest tag team guys. Are they going to do the match still? I don't know. Maybe they do the match and it's incredible. I don't know. But this is what our initial reactions are after this really mysterious sort of weird segment jay uso the main event jay uso main event of wrestlemania and SummerSlam, and was a key piece in the ending of the royal rumble that cinema they did this is like one of the main guys in your company it's like i'm leaving now it's like oh what yeah it doesn't make any sense so let me describe the ending of the segment for the lovely listeners that didn't get to see it so after um you know jimmy walks out after jay is like doesn't attack him like jimmy's like i did this protect you you can attack me Jay doesn't do anything. So Jimmy walks out. He has his back to the ring. Jay gets attacked by Solo and Roman. Or, and then it's like, okay, here we go. All right, these guys are fighting. Jimmy's going to come out. Then Jay goes like, come on, Jimmy, hug me. After he takes out Roman and Solo. He super kicks Jimmy, and then he just looks at the camera, and he's like, I'm out of the bloodline. I'm out of SmackDown, and I'm out of WWE. And now I'm thinking, okay, what, where is this going? Are we going to have, like, Jey Uso, like, segments now where he's doing vignettes, like, at ice cream shops? And he's just, like, having a, a vanilla bowl of vanilla ice cream? And he's like, oh, I'm not in the bloodline anymore. He's, like, getting emotional while he's eating his ice cream, doing an interview oh with Kathy God. Kelly. And he's like, oh, I can't take this anymore, guys. My family's torn apart. And then, like, Jimmy's going to beat him up at the ice cream parlor? Like, what? I, I don't know. It, 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 they could do a lot. That'd actually be pretty entertaining. I'd like to see that. Well, Kevin, I mean, you just mentioning that, my creative mind's got spinning now. And, like, they go down that rabbit hole, have Jey Uso, they do a whole segment's vignettes. Jey Uso is either at a, a par, like a pub, a bar or something. He's getting away from it all. He's having a break up. This, his family's just been chaos for, like, three years. He's been emotionally abused for three years. He's hitting the pub by himself. They make some slight jabs at, you know, drinking responsibly and getting a, a driver home sort of thing to try and have some cheap shots of Jimmy Uso. Oh, my God. Like a storyline. And then you could have Jimmy Uso's reacting to this. You know, Roman can sit at home with his five kids in Pensacola, Florida. Heyman's on the phone. 
uh, he, you know, they showed Heyman, my, my tribal chief, my tribal chief, he had, he had two two shots at the bar, my tribal chief. He's drinking my tribal chief. You know, like, I don't know, do something. Have to have Jey Uso, yeah, go, just getting out and about, getting away from it all, pal. Jey Uso attending college football games, Jey Uso watching NBA trainings, Jey Uso, you know, hitting up Mardi Gras, who knows? Have Jey Uso on the town, pal. Joe Uso, he's at the, the Kevin family outing. He's at the, the dinner party. Joe Uso is a Taco Bell pal. Like, make it like a two-month thing of segments. Whole time Jimmy Uso is having, like, breakdowns for no reason. Solo standing there. Like that, pal. Heyman's crying on the phone on Skype to Roman Reigns. I don't know. If, if Joe Uso is just going to leave. Kevin, chances are Joe is just going to come back next week and nothing will be made of this and this won't get mentioned again. Chances are. But... Nice to be saying. Yeah, exactly. Well, with that being said, pal, you ready to transition to the Around the World segment? I am, pal. Wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah, spin the globe. Yeah! Spin that globe, baby, yeah! <laughs> oh, man. So oh, earlier God. on in the show, uh, you made mention of, um, like, somebody in passing. You made mention of, like, somebody being at a party and just having too much to drink and having the ambulance called on him. Right? I made an analogy, yeah. 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 You made an analogy. So they got yeah. my, my juices flowing. That inspired oh, this, this story this that I'm going to tell. Yeah. So I have a great story of that exact moment actually transpiring in my real life. Oh, no. So I went to Mexico a little while back, like a little while back. Um, and I was uh, at a, like one of those all-inclusive resort things. You know, so I literally went around the world, pal. We're going around the world. Yeah. I was in Mexico. I was in uh, yeah. I was in one of the resort parts. You know, having a good time. Yeah. Um, have you ever been to like an all-inclusive resort or anything like that? And define all-inclusive. Um, what exactly? So, mean, so you go there and like literally everything you need is in this resort. They have the food, you know, and, and it's all included for one fee: food, drinks, um, the hotel. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't really, like. So the idea is like you don't leave. You know, you just stay yeah. in the resort. Everything's there for you. Yeah. So it's one of those things where the bar is like open all day from like eleven a.m. to like eleven o'clock at night, right? <laughs> and you guys, like, know, this, this is gonna go well. Okay, carry on. You guys know me. I'm dr- I'm a heavy drinker, so I, wow. I can I can handle my liquor. You know, that's just me. That's what they all say. Carry on. The person I was with at that time. It was someone that was significant to me, right? And so me and this person were chilling, whatever. You know, I'm sitting at the bar in the pool drinking. They're drinking with me. Having a great old time in Mexico on vacation. You know, very nice, beautiful. Um, All of a sudden, there's another person comes up to me at the bar. And she's like, way way out of it she's like probably had like 10 drinks it's like three in the afternoon sun is shining we're in mexico in the summer in the desert sun is shining in my face this person is talking to me and she's like the person that you're with is really like really attractive you know i want to hang out with you guys and i'm like um i'm just like okay i mean she's over there you could ask her you know i i can't make that call you know what i'm saying so (laughs) <laughs> so this person goes over to the person I'm with and is like, I don't know what happened. I don't know. All I know is I'm watching this transpire and I'm just like looking, I'm just looking, I'm just like, okay, this is cool. So, like five minutes later, um, you know, the person comes back to me. The person I was with comes back to me. We're sitting there talking. All of a sudden all you see is everybody in the pool start freaking out. Started jumping up and down, like screaming. The other person, random chick, this random chick, fell into a bush at three in the afternoon because they were so drunk. Literally got like super, super drunk. Like collapsed in a bush, the middle of Mexico. I don't know how, like how that, like where the the like emergency people are. I don't know how long it'll take them to get there. They got to come in. They got to cart this girl out, carry what? her out. Yes. 
Didn't you? Is that is him? Oh my god! Like, no, what? no, like I don't know. I, I couldn't believe it. It was like I don't know. It was incredible. I never see anything like it. Like everybody was like trying to help. Like they were trying to carry her out. Like people from the pool, random patrons on vacation, trying to carry this girl out of the the bushes, and she fell while they were carrying her. <laughs> What? <laughs> okay. Um, I don't have much on that, you know. Um, do you want to just leave it there for this week's Around the World, pal? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, we, I mean, hey, we got to get something out of this. We got to fill the time here somehow. We got, we're only like well, two, we four minutes in. I mean, we've gone around now and now in total, Kevin. I. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could, ju- I could just tell more ridiculous stories. We're, no, we want to have that one, Kevin. We're, we're not trying to finish our podcast within three weeks. We're trying to, we're trying to go for a long time, pal. Well, Kevin, when I'm in a studio in Brooklyn with you doing this show in like four years, you got to have these stories to tell. So save them. But yeah, wow, three p.m. in the afternoon, just absolutely blackout drunk, collapsed in a bush. Patrons running over, frantically jumping up and down. Kevin's there dealing with like a, a situation going on with someone of significance and then some random, I guess. Yeah. Sure. Like, like to be frank, I, I'm thinking I'm going to have a threesome. Like, that, that's what I'm thinking here, you know? I'm like, oh, okay. This drunk girl likes the person I'm with. All right, this could be fun. And then five minutes later, she's getting carried out by the ambulance, you know? <laughs> I told you this. I told you off air. This story was wild. It's been a late heat, everybody. Um, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Good show that. Uh, next week we'll be back at you with grading Triple H a year in. I think might now nah, the all in show will be the week after. Whatever. Really good episode, everybody. Thanks for listening, Kevin. Any closing thoughts? <laughs> oh man! Wow! If you made it this far, you. Might as well give us give us a five star review on Spotify. We'll talk to you on the next one. <laughs>